0: Your way, Lord. Save, heal, make free, and deliver to the praise and glory of God the Father. In the name of Jesus the Son, let the church say, Amen. Amen. Ushers, you may be seated. Thank you. I was working out at the gym one day when I was resting in between sets, I noticed this gentleman who was working out on what's called the Latissimus pull-down machine. And he had a great amount of weight on that machine. He was putting his all into it, his blood, his sweat, and his tears. But every time he pulled down When he would lift up, he would stand up and go up with it all. He did this over and over again, sweating. He was fatigued. There was a fitness trainer who was observing this. And when the man did his last pull down and he sat down, breathing out of breath, the fitness trainer looked over and said, all that for nothing. (laughs) Because... You did it all wrong. You see the problem was he did not work out in compliance with the machines targeting of key muscles. Therefore he set himself up for injury, for muscle imbalance problems, and for counterproductive workout. It didn't matter how hard he did it. it. It didn't matter how much He breathed, and how much he sweated while he did it, it didn't matter how many reps he did, because he was not in compliance with how the machine was designed to build the muscles. Such is the case, my brothers and sisters, when it comes to prayer. I want you to know that it is possible to go through all the motions of prayer and yet never reap the benefits because you are not in compliance with the biblical prescription of prayer. It doesn't matter how loud or how soft you pray. It doesn't matter how long or how short you pray. It doesn't matter how much you cry when you pray. And maybe you might even speak in tongues when you pray. It doesn't matter how much you shout or dance if you don't pray. According to the manner in which God has prescribed in his word, you may merely be going through the motions and doing it all for nothing. The disciples realized this possibility when they heard Jesus pray. In Luke chapter 11, verse 1, when they heard him pray, and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. In that way, Jesus initiated a lesson on how to properly pray. And we want to glean from his lesson today, although we don't want to look at Luke's account, we want to look at Matthew's account From Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 5 through 13, we want to explore Jesus' lesson on prayer as we preach from this subject, when you pray. When you pray. Again, the Gospel as recorded by St. Matthew, chapter 6, beginning at verse 5, You'll find these words recorded. I'm reading from the old King James Version of the Bible. If you're using a different version, it may read a little differently. But here's how it reads here in the King James Version. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues, in the corners of the street, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetition as the heathens do, for they think they should be heard for their much speaking. Verse 8 says, Be not therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before you ask him. Verse 9, After this matter pray therefore, pray ye our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. When you pray. Our text today is a portion of Jesus' notorious Sermon on the Mount. The purpose for which Jesus. Writes, This is to display what kingdom citizens ought to look like and how we ought to live and exist in the earth, how we are to conduct ourselves in a sinful and dark world. In chapter 6, Jesus seems to be comparing his children to the children of the world and various. Disciplines. He focuses on these various disciplines. He talks about the giving of the alms. He talks about praying. He talks about fasting. But he spends the bulk of his time teaching the disciples about prayer. If you look at the setup of his argument, he argues from lesser to greater, from negative to positive in this series of spiritual discipline. He's saying, don't do it this way, but do it this way instead. For example, concerning giving, he argues from lesser to greater and from the negative to the positive and said, when you give, give. Don't sound your trumpet. Rather, he argues from the greater and the positive. He says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Then he uses this same lesser to greater, negative to positive argument concerning fasting. He says, when you fast, don't disfigure your face and appear pitiful to man to fast, that you solicit their pity and commendation, rather from the greater to the positive. He says, anoint your head, wash your face, so that God who sees in secret will reward you openly. But finally, concerning prayer, Jesus uses this exact same method, again, arguing from lesser to greater, from negative to positive. And he says, when you pray, don't pray like this but pray like this. When you pray, Jesus says, don't pray like the hypocrites. Don't pray like the heathen, and he calls out their flamboyant and pretentious displays of prayer. And then Jesus turns around, and he says in so many words, if you want to get a prayer through, pray like this. And then he lays out, step by step, the guidelines that we are to follow when we pray, when we approach the throne of grace, if you want to get a prayer through. I wonder if there's anybody here this morning you're interested in getting a prayer through. If you're interested in getting a prayer through, let's examine Jesus' prescription on the right kind of prayer. There are three things we want to observe from this text concerning the right way To pray. First of all, if you want to pray and you want to pray right, you want to get a prayer through, you must realize that prayer is based on relationship. That's the first thing you want to capture relationship. But secondly, prayer, when prayer is done right, also involves reverence. You have to reverently approach. The throne of grace. And after your relationship is right and reverence is right, then you can make your requests. Now before we develop these points, let me make a few general observations about this model prayer of Matthew chapter 6. First of all, my brothers and sisters, you should take note of the fact that Although this prayer is described as the Lord's prayer, the Lord's actual prayer is recorded in John chapter 17. That's where Jesus himself prays in verses 1 through 5. He prays for his glory to be restored. In verses 6 through 19, he prays for the present disciples that are there with him right then and now. And then in verse 20 through 26, he prays for the future disciples, which includes you and me. That is the true Lord's Prayer in John chapter 17. But this prayer that we read in Matthew 6 is not the Lord's Prayer. It is more accurately described as the disciples' prayer. Because it was given to the disciples as a frame of reference, a paradigm, a model of excellence on how We are to properly pray. It involves all the necessary components of prayer. So it doesn't mean that you need to memorize this, although there's nothing wrong with that. It it doesn't mean that you're to memorize this and, and then quote it back verbatim, because that's not what he's getting after when he says, to pray like this. He's not saying I want you to memorize it and then quote it back verbatim, but rather he has given a composite sketch of all the components involved if you want to pray and pray right. Another observation uh, that we should take note of as we study this prayer is it was never intended for us to just memorize it, Otherwise, Jesus, you remember the disciples, they didn't say, Lord, teach us a prayer. But they said, Lord, teach us to pray. If it was something that they were supposed to memorize and just say every time, then he would have said it exactly the same way in Matthew that he said in Luke. As a matter of fact, every time that we see prayers in the New Testament, if that's what he intended, we would have seen this exact same thing regurgitated, but we don't find it again like this, even though we do find the components of it in motion. So it's not the Lord's Prayer. It's a model prayer for the disciples. And and then in the opening Words of this prayer, we notice an interesting construction. It is in the indicative mood, and it is a present indicative rather than an imperative. Isn't that interesting? Here's why that's interesting. It's interesting that it is in the indicative mood because that is a statement of fact, and it is present to show continuous action. Which means Jesus didn't command that you pray because it's assumed that if you're a Christian, you already are going to pray. As a matter of fact, this is the reason why you see the word when mentioned over and over again throughout this discourse because he assumes that Christians will rely on God and they will call on God and they will pray. He assumes if you are a Christian, you're going to pray. If you're a Christian and you don't have a prayer life, you probably need to check your spiritual birth certificate to see who really is the Father. But the present tense that it is written in shows continuous action, which means that in the Christian's life, prayer ought to be a habit. You ought to make it a habit. There's another observation. Out of all the things that the disciples witnessed Jesus do, this is the only thing they said, Lord, teach us how to do that. Think about that for just a moment. The disciples walked with Jesus day by day. They saw him walk on water. They saw him feed the multitude with two fish and five loaves of bread. They saw him give sight to the blind. They they saw Jesus preach and they saw him heal lame and, and do all these things. And yet, they didn't say, Lord, teach us to walk on water. They didn't say, Lord, teach us how to raise people from the dead. They didn't say, Lord, teach us how to preach like you preach. Because when you preach, it is astounding. No, when they heard Jesus pray, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Because the disciples understood that the source and the power that Jesus displayed came from God Almighty. And when you get right down to the nitty gritty, if you can just tap into the right power source, everything else will work out. If you learn to properly employ the power of God in your daily circumstance, then everything will work out because I believe it was Spurgeon who said that prayer is the slender nerve that moves the arm of omnipotence. So if you pray like this, you're guaranteed to get a prayer through. So let's look at these other things that these three things that we outlined so far that help us to get our prayer life right. First of all, we mentioned that the right kind of praying involves relationship. This bleeds out of these words: relationship. The very first implication. Of prayer is relationship. Prayer is not only communication with God, but prayer is also an expression of your relationship with God. If you are not a child of God, you don't have the privilege to go in a divine throne room and spend intimacy with God. Oh, yes, you can pray the sinner's prayer, but you are not welcome to come into the divine throne room to have that intimacy with God. And this is the first implication of this prayer here, brothers and sisters. If you don't have relationship with God, you can't pray like this. John 931 says, now we know that God hears not sinners. But whosoever is a worshiper of him and do his will, his prayers they hear. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, he says that the Lord's face is turned against those that do wickedly, but his ear is open to the prayers of the righteous. And then he says over there in Proverbs that the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous the righteous. So he's not even in your neighborhood when you are not a child of God. But there is a special benefit that we get as a child of God. We've got throne room privileges. You need to have relationship if you want to pray and pray right. The first relationship that Jesus highlights in this prayer is between Uh, the Heavenly Father and His children. That's the idea here. When you pray, you ought to approach God just like you would approach your father. It's the idea of intimacy, and and there are other tons of reverent titles he could have given us to say, when you pray, say, Holy, Magnificent Father. He could have highlighted any other of his shining features, but yet, he says, when you pray, say, our Father. Because it is an intimate expression between the Father and his child. The same way that my daughter likes to come right up under me when I'm on the couch, to snuggle under me. She just wants to enjoy my presence. She wants to feel my protection and my peace. And Father is an expression of the same kind of tenderness. So even when you mess up badly, He still loves you like His child. You can still count on His mercy. He is your Heavenly Father. He didn't say, When you pray, say, Our uncle. He didn't say when you pray, say our cousin or say our friend. But he said, say our father because it is a higher term of endearment. Father is an expression that God will guide you and he will lead you and he will protect you. He will listen to you when you cry to him. He'll laugh with you. He'll talk with you. And you can count on his abundant resources. And he'll love you just the same. There's nothing that you can have that the heavenly father has and he doesn't enjoy giving it to you because there's another lesser to greater argument that he uses in this same Sermon on the Mount when he says, what father of you on the earth, being evil, give good things to their children when they ask? In other words, you're sinners and and yet when you have children, you give good things. If they say, give me food, you don't give them a rock. In the same way, your heavenly Father, he wants to give you of his good things. Father means that you submit to his authority in your life. He's the one that you will obey. So when you pray, acknowledge your compliance to the Father's wishes. He wants you to be unselfish, submissive, dependent, loyal, and he wants you to be content in his presence. And so you must learn that if you're going to pray and pray right, it's all about the relationship. The next relationship that he exposes is our relationship with each other. Now, this is going to bother some people because you don't want this part to even be in the prayer. Because many people want to get along in this life and say, I can do without you, my brothers and sisters. All I need is Jesus. We we even make songs about it. Long as I got Jesus, I don't need nobody else. Well, the Lord says something different here. He acknowledges another relationship that must be in order when you're trying to get a prayer through. It is the prayer of your brothers and sisters. Now, somebody's looking at me and they say, I don't see that anywhere in the text. It don't say nothing about My brother, my sister, oh, yes, it does. As a matter of fact, the very first word of this prayer indicates your brother and your sister in Christ. He says, When you pray, pray, Our Father. This word, Our, is a genitive plural which means that one noun modifies another noun by being the possessor of that noun. But since it's in the plural form, it is not a single possession, but a plural possession, which means it is a shared possession. So he didn't say, when you pray, say, my father. But when you pray, say, our father because he wants us to have each other in mind when we pray. Isn't there something, brothers and sisters? He put the horizontal relationship before the vertical relationship when we're trying to get a prayer through. We've got to be mindful of the horizontal as well as the vertical. You know something, brothers and sisters, Jesus is so interested in the unity of the church that his dying words prayed, Father, I'm praying that they will be one as we are one. As a matter of fact, he recognizes that the unity of the church, it affects the testimony that the world hears and sees, and it can diminish, it can cause the gospel to be crowded out when the church is not acting in love and brotherhood. I know some of you still don't believe me, but let's keep reading the prayer. He says, when you pray, pray our Father. He said, give us our daily bread. Forgive us. Forgive our lead us. Deliver us. So those of you who think that it's Jesus and me and I can go on about my business, you got to deal with this verse here. Jesus says, We've got to be mindful of our brothers and sisters, and that relationship has to be right. You do understand that when your relationship is not right with your brother and sister, the Lord is not that interested in listening to you. Matthew 5 and 23 would give testament to that because he says if you come and you bring your gift to the altar, but you realize that your brother has an ought against you, leave your gift, go get it right with your brother, and then come back and try talking to me. So he says here that this relationship matters. As a matter of fact, husband, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, he says, Give honor to your wife as the weaker vessel, and as an heir of grace that your prayers be not hindered. Other relationships matter when you're trying to get a prayer through. You can't go into the presence of God full of grudges, full of vindictiveness, full of hatred, full of all kinds of fighting and and all kinds of discord and think that it's all right between you and Jesus. You can't just be a backbiter, a backstabber, a liar, and live any kind of way amongst the people of God and think that it's all right between Jesus and me. Just like Jesus loved you as his child, he loved for his children to get along in the body of Christ. As a matter of fact, did you notice that he sets the condition of your forgiveness based on how you forgive? she knows that the prayer said forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors in other words if you're not in the habit of being gracious and generous with your forgiveness to others then don't expect god to be gracious and generous in his forgiveness towards you because you have set the condition on how god will forgive you he said it right here in this prayer Forgive us our debts as we forgive others. There's some people that's been holding grudges for years. There's some people that haven't spoken to people in years. There are people who have got sidetracked and distracted by all the devil's messiness and you don't realize it's messing up your prayer life. Prayer is to be God-centered, but it's also to be others-centered. And this model prayer puts a lot of focus on God and on others. We saw how he mostly talks about God. Listen to how much he talks about God. Our Father, he says, holy is your name, your will be done, your kingdom come Thy in earth as it is in heaven, and glory forever. So prayer, when it's done right, is mindful of relationship. Not only your relationship with God, but your relationship with your brothers. There's another component if you want to pray and pray right that's found in verse 9. The right kind of prayer involves reverence. Notice again how he begins this prayer. He says, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Proper prayer, brothers and sisters, involves approaching God as a child would a father in the security of that relationship. But watch this. But it also means reverently approaching God. For the other aspects of this prayer not only expresses the relationship of a father and a child, but it also expresses the relationship between deity and a worshiper. It expresses the relationship between the sovereign and those who are subjects of his sovereignty. So God is our father, but he's also our God. He's also a savior, and we need to be forgiven of sin. So the point here is, don't get it twisted just because the Lord gives you the privilege to come as a child into the throne room and to enjoy intimacy with him, don't get it twisted thinking that you can water down your reverence towards him. He's still God, even though we can still pray. But we must approach him reverently, he says, hallowed would be your name. But as you approach him reverently, don't forget that he is God. I was happy to see uh, my former commander walking here today. Uh, Colonel Rush is here with his wife. We praise God for them being here with us. But I remember when I was uh, the chaplain in his battalion, how the Lord blessed it to where we end up becoming good friends. But he always outranked me. And so even though we were good friends, I never would call him Lenny. <laughs> I didn't say, hey, Leonard, how you doing, buddy? I would always call him sir because it was a reminder to me of who he was to me, even though he was my friend. Even though there would be times where I would pass him on the other side as we were crossing paths, I would still render proper military customs and courtesy. I would still give him the proper hand salute that he was worthy of because he still outranked me. And even though we enjoyed and still today enjoy a rich and meaningful friendship, and and it has been an enduring friendship, an intimate friendship, but he still was my command. And I had to respect him in that way. And this is what you must recognize, that as you approach the throne of God, you must remember that he is God, the creator of the heaven and the earth. He sits high and he looks low. He's omnipotent. He has our power in his hand. He has the power of our next breath in his hand. He has the power to bring forth the day and to bring forth the night. He has the power even to raise the dead. He's God Almighty. And I still, when I come into his presence, need to bow down and recognize who it is I'm talking to. I don't use those casual titles talking about J.C., the big man in the sky, the man upstairs. No, I'm going to use a reverend way when I'm approaching him because he is my father, but he's still God. The first expression of reverence is found in the words, our Father, which are in heaven. This is the place to address your prayer to ensure it goes to the right address. (laughs) You want it to go to the right person and to the right location. The right person we direct our prayer to is the Heavenly Father. When you pray, you pray to the Heavenly Father. You pray in the name of Jesus, and you pray through the power of the Holy Spirit. We acknowledge his location. Our Father, you are in heaven, because when you acknowledge that God is in heaven, you are acknowledging his sovereignty. You are saying that your power spans all heaven and earth. As a matter of fact, Psalm 109 and 19 says, The Lord hath prepared his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. He Mm -hmm. rules, and he reigns above every power in the universe. He's the final authority, and there is no court of appeals when God finished speaking, it's said and done. That's why... Even after the doctor tells you you have cancer and you only have six months to live and ten years later, look at you, still here, alive and well because God had the final say. That's why when you couldn't even see a way, your circumstances said no way, but God said I'm God who can make a way out of no way. So you say he is our father which are in heaven, that's the first reverent expression. But the next expression of reverence, he said, hallowed would be thy name. When you say hallowed be thy name, that means you render his name sacred and holy. His name is to be consecrated. It means you treat his name with holy reverence. This is an heiress imperative, which means that it is a command that expresses great urgency. So even though God is a loving father who cares, who has abundant resources, who is full of grace, love, mercy, and truth, when you approach him, you still must bow down. Show reverence to his name. Give a debt of worship, of awe, of honor, of adoration, and praise. Don't just start bombarding God with your petition you just read in here it said he already knows what you have need of even before you ask him and some people just begin going into the presence of God and start begging Lord give me give me give me Lord do this do this do this without taking time to properly reverence honor and adore who he is you know I got my candy ministry at church I learned this from Pastor Twyman. He always kept a jar of candy on his desk, and it was one way that the children would always come and speak to him. And see, he always kept the peppermints, but I expanded it, and I beefed it up a little. I've got Reese's and Snickers and lollipops. I got a whole candy ministry across my desk, and and the children, they are sure to come and speak to pastor and come and say hello to pastor, and you know, I like when the children, they come in, they say, hello, Pastor, how you doing today? Or, I'm doing fine, baby, how you doing? You want some candy? Come and get all the candy that you want. I like when they come in, they say, how you doing, Pastor? But, but I do have some, I had this one little kid, three years old, he, he would just, not even knock, just bust open the door of my office. And just walk up to the desk and just pick up all the candy that he wants from the desk. Don't speak to me. Don't say anything. Don't say hi, dog or nothing. Just take my candy and walk out the office. I let him get away with that the first time. But the second time, little Vic came up in my office, kick open the door. Come I said, stop it. I said, get out of my office. And You go back and knock. And I said, you don't just take my candy. I said, speak to me. Say, how you doing, Pastor. And then you can have some candy. But, you see, uh, what, what I like is that when they would acknowledge me instead of just trying to get my stuff. And what you must recognize, brothers and sisters, is God loves when you acknowledge him and not just trying to get him stuff. So you need to spend some time before you start praying in adoration to the Lord. Saying, Lord, thank you for how you already blessed me. You blessed me with my life, health, and strength. You've given me a job. You've been making a way for me over and over again. Got food on the table. When I turn the cold water on, cold water comes out. When I turn the hot water on, hot water comes out. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my wife and children. I didn't have to bail anybody out of jail this week. I didn't wake up in the hospital today. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for giving me Jesus. Thank you for picking me up out of the miry clay. Thank you for making me a brand new creature. I was a drug addict, but you cleaned me up. I was lost, seeking in sin, but you picked me up, turned me around, placed my feet on a higher ground. Lord, I'm a get to my petition, but I want to spend time saying thank you Jesus. You got to say thank you. You got to say thank you. You got to spend some time adoring him. You got to give him praise before you give him your petition. His name is holy. When you say the name of the Lord is holy, you're saying a mouthful. Because when you speak of his name, you not only speak of his name, but you speak of his nature. Everything that he is. As a matter of fact, when you say name, Jesus, which name are you talking about? Are you talking about Elohim? He's the creator, God. He made the sun and the moon, the birds, the bees, the water and the trees. He gave the height to the giraffe. He gave the laugh to the hyena. He gave the bark to the dog. The meow to the cat. He gave the tch, 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 tch to the birds. The creator, God. Are you talking about El Elyar? The sovereign ruler over the universe. He outranks every king and every lord, outranks every president and CEO. He outranks every bishop and archbishop, every authority and every power. When you say, hallowed be thy name, are you talking about Jehovah Jireh? Anybody know he is a provider? Give me food when I get hungry, water when I get thirsty, shelter in the time of storm. When you say our Father, hallowed be thy name, are you talking about Jehovah Nishi? He is a banner over me. He protects me from hurt, harm, and danger. Are you talking about Jehovah Rapha? He's the Lord who heals. Anybody know that he is a healer? He's the great physician. When you say our Father, hallowed be thy name, are you talking about Jehovah Shalom? He is our peace. He's peace in the midst of a storm. He's Jehovah Shammah. He is near. He is a present help. Quicker than at once and sooner than at the while. Are you talking about Jehovah Sikhanu, the Lord our righteousness? Whatever he does is right. Are you talking about Jehovah Sabbath, the Lord of hosts? He commands the angels to watch over me. Grandma would put it this way all night. All day, the angels keep watching over me. Are you talking about Jehovah Mecca Discom? He's the Lord who sanctifies. Whichever name you're talking about. He says, hallowed be thy name. Well, I feel like I got a lot of preaching left to do, but I feel like preaching time is up. Says, "Hallowed would be thy name. Thy kingdom come." This is evangelistic in nature. He wants his kingdom to come, and he wants heaven to rule earth, and it to mimic what heaven will become when the saints of God are changed and transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to leave it here today, but if you want to pray and pray right, remember that the relationship matters. If you don't have right relationship with Jesus, then your prayers will hit the ceiling and fall down. You must also manage your relationship with your brothers and sisters because the horizontal is just as important as the vertical. You don't get a free pass to treat your brother and sister any kind of way. You set the condition of your own forgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You set the conditions of how God forgives you. It not only involves relationship, it involves reverence. We must come into the presence of God, worshiping Him, celebrating who He is, not just holding out our hands saying, Give me, give me, give me. Learning to celebrate Jesus. You know, one thing I found, brothers and sisters, that when you praise Him long enough, sometimes you never even get to the petition. Because he started blessing you in the praise. (laughs) Kind of like this sermon today. I never got to the petition. Because he blesses us so in the praise. He already knows what you have need of. You're his child. He's not going to let you go neglected. So just praise him. Praise him through it all. And he'll make a difference. He'll make a way. But the way that we pray is through the name of Jesus Christ. The name of Jesus is the key to getting a prayer through. And the reason for that is because when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says that the veil of the temple rent from top to bottom, it was symbolizing that. Now man has access to God. You no longer need to go through any other mediator. The mediator of all mediators has just finished the work. He died on the cross. We have access. Not only did he die on the cross, but he was buried in the tomb. But if it was today, he would have got his tomb from Tomb because he only needed it for a few days. But it was early on that third day morning that he rose with all power in heaven and earth in his hands. And now we have access through Jesus Christ. When you come in the name of Jesus, that prayer won't be denied. When it's consistent with his name and with his will, then he will respond. When you pray pray, be mindful of your relationship. When you pray, be reverent in your prayer. Hallowed would be thy name. When you pray, take your request to the Lord through Jesus Christ. He empowers our prayer and gives access into the Holy of Holies. Is this a privilege that you have been neglected? Oh, what a miserable waste when you have the ability to move the arm of omnipotence through praying when you pray. God bless you. There may be someone here who doesn't know Jesus Christ to be your personal